When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ah, welcome. It is Bowerly Loves on News Radio 930 WBEN. It was the best of times and it was the worst of times. So, uh, started out. <laughs> have you ever, this is actually kind of funny in a way if you think about it. Um, have you ever had one of those days where you look at your clock and you don't even know what day it is or what time of day it is? True story. True story. Uh, I didn't know it was morning, and with the the sky being dark and kind of cloudy and a little gloomy and a little overcast, I uh, I looked at the clock on the cell phone, <clears throat> and it said like 8:07, and for the strangest reason, and I got plenty of sleep, for the strangest reason, and I'm sure this has happened to you, what I thought was it's 8:07 on Sunday evening. And then I thought to myself, well, wait a minute, how could that be? The football game is over. And then I had this horrible thought, wait a minute, did I did I sleep through my show? Because when you are in that frame of just waking up, you have no idea whether you're coming or whether you're going. So finally, after about 15, 20 seconds or so, it, it all, everything all fell into place. No, no, it's Monday morning. You got a great night of sleep. It was, you know, you know that you've had a great night of sleep when you do not move your body position at all from the time you fell asleep. Seriously, you are just in exactly the same awkward position in which you found yourself when you dozed off. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful feeling. So I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. You know, I've got an appointment that I have to take care of, and it's uh, it's on Grider Street. And, boy, you'll never guess where that might have been. So, anyway, and, and this is where things go south, but then they go north, and then they go north again. So, it actually ended up unbalanced being very, very good. Uh, apparently, the the signs uh, at the parking lots at this rather large medical facility on Grider Street, apparently the signs weren't working properly because it, the sign said, lot is full. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this lot is pretty much as empty as I've ever seen this lot. This must be a mistake. So I pull up and I grab my ticket and I go in and I get a place to park. And I'm thinking to myself, well, this is a rather inauspicious beginning to this day. But as it turned out, it was 
wonderful as it always is because I happen to really love the people uh, who work at ECMC. I've got, I have very warm feelings of affection for ECMC. And the people were absolutely terrific. I did tell the uh, phlebotomist that uh, if she didn't give me a bar- uh, SpongeBob um, Band-Aid that I was going to have a temper tantrum. But she tried. She did not. She was not able to come up with a SpongeBob SquarePants Band-Aid. I was a little bit disappointed. But uh, all that stuff that they make you do because, well, they they all make you do it. It just comes with the territory, the chest x-rays and the blood draws and the this and the that, the EKG, da-da-da-da, uh, in and out within, I'd say, 45 minutes. It was it was masterful. It was absolutely beautiful. And don't you love it? I, there, there might be a topic somewhere in this, but don't you love it when you budget maybe two hours to have something done and it turns out that you leave and it was only 45 minutes, maybe even less than 45 minutes. And it doesn't matter whether you're going to the post office, whether you're going to have something uh, mailed through the post. Well, it's the last time you use those, those words in a sentence. doesn't matter. It's always a great feeling when you end up with extra time. And I, but the one thing I will not do, we've talked about this, annoying things people do. And I don't know why. And and don't don't hate me for saying this. Don't 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 hate me for saying. This. But um, whistling, the the whistlers always get me. Now, and I've been trying to figure out why is it? Is it because I'm upset that people are happy? Well, no, that's not really me. I'm not. Why would I be upset if somebody's happy? But the the whistling thing, I never quite got. I never quite understood it, and um, I was almost going to break into a whistle to show my jubilation today at having saved an hour and 15 minutes of time, but somehow was able to uh, restrain. <laughs> somehow was able to uh, restrain myself. And those of you who have watched the uh, Kevin Costner movie Thirteen Days, which is about the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we've talked about that movie before on the program, um, there is a scene where one of President Kennedy's aides um, is waiting outside while Bobby Kennedy and the Soviet uh, ambassador are discussing how to get the missiles out of Cuba and this secret deal, blah, blah, blah. And uh, basically uh, what what Kenny O'Donnell, played by Kevin Costner, says is, I'll try to whistle up some luck for you. Now, I don't understand superstitions like that. Let me whistle up some luck for you. I don't get it because, you know, frankly, I mean, if I was a Soviet security guard and, and, and somebody started whistling outside the office where my guy was located in such tense circumstances, I, I'm just saying diplomatic immunity would probably kick in in a situation like that, uh, thus making the unthinkable uh, a, a, a legal possibility, maybe not a probability, but a possibility, especially during the uh, Cold War era. But anyway, it was uh, it was just one of those it was just one of those really weird mornings. And I'm sure, again, that you you have had them, too. We all have had days like that. And uh, this time, everything could not have worked out any better would be the central theme. Like, my goodness. It was probably the best night of sleep ever. 
in in the history of sleep, probably the best night ever. And then to be in and out of a place where you'd budgeted two hours in well under an hour, there is something very, very special. And you know it's going to be an absolutely wonderful day when all of those things come out. And, of course, everybody's in a good mood because the officials gave the game to the Buffalo Bills. Um, And uh, Patrick Mahomes um, was very upset by the ruling on the field because, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they never get any calls uh, going their way. Now, that see, and and this raises, we we might get into this a little bit later on, but uh, this raises a question of when is a rule not a rule? And in the NFL, how many discussions have there been this year about, well, the Pass interference on a Hail Mary play isn't usually called. Well, that's not the rule, but it's custom. Well, something either is or is not a rule. And it was pretty obvious, I think, to anybody watching objectively. That, and, and, you know, look, you know I'm, I'm objective about this, but uh, Kansas, Kansas City has no legitimate beef with that phone call. Patrick Mahomes, for as and, and I will admit, I love Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what can I tell you? Uh, the man has gotten the job done. He's actually got Super Bowl rings. The proof is in the pudding. I happen to like Patrick, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I, he, he was out of line yesterday. I think Andy Reid was out of line yesterday uh, with respect to the call on the Kansas City Chiefs. Because it really was, it, it was, it, it wasn't one of those debatable things, and I think that Kansas City should, in in this particular case, Kansas City should shut up. They got beat fair and square by the Buffalo Bills. Shockingly, in my opinion, to be brutally honest, I didn't think the Bills were going to be able to do it, but uh, they went in there and it was close. And of course. Had the Kansas City touchdown actually counted, had there not been a flag thrown on the play, this would be a totally different vibe in Western New York today. Because once again, it wouldn't, this is this is in the parallel universe, okay? It wouldn't have been just a loss. It would have been epic Greek tragedy loss. Not only was it a touchdown, but it was a touchdown on a lateral from Travis Kelsey, and then dude walks right into the end zone. That is the way any great Buffalo Bills football loss should be. It's never just an ordinary. It always has to be the extraordinary. But in this particular case, the Bills deserved the win. Kansas City, I do not believe, has a legitimate beef in this situation, and let me tell you that, and in the interest of fairness, just to show I'm not a homer, unless you count Homer Simpson, whose wit and wisdom and erudition, uh, I've always been a fan of Homer Simpson. Uh, he's kind of like a hero of mine, because he's a real person, I'm convinced. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, look, when, when the Bills beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I thought the Buccaneers got absolutely screwed. I thought there was absolutely pass interference on two or three different Buffalo Bills, but it didn't 
count against the Buffalo Bills, much to the dismay of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Bills were uh, benefited in that case by a bad officiating call uh, that should have been called against them, which in all likelihood would have changed the outcome of the game. But Kansas City, look, um, I don't think they have a legitimate argument on this front. But here's here's the problem. Uh, and uh, thanks, by the way, to Joe Beamer for sitting in on Friday because uh, this uh, stupid thing that's going around, hmm. I was able to track it down and uh, trap it with my body. So I figure that the more I take out of the air, the better it is for you. And you're welcome, by the way. Okay, I sucked up the germs so you wouldn't have to. That's how much I love you. That is the nature of our relationship. But uh, in any in any event, um, the fact, and I, I hope we have a chance to get into this a little bit later on today, but the fact that officiating has taken such a hit this year, in particular in the National Football League, but you've also seen it happen in various hockey contests around the world. That does not bode well uh, for the National Football League. Now, do I believe that the National Football League is going to be put out of business by bad officiating? Well, let's not be silly. Nothing is going to take the National Football League out of existence. We could have, well, David was talking about electromagnetic pulse and Barack Obama and not trusting white people and everything. Uh, but the <laughs> the uh, situation with the officiating, if, if fans start to believe, and I am not making a declarative statement here, I want to be very, very clear for certain legal purposes, I am not saying that this is happening. I'm not saying it, nor am I even implying it, okay? But if fans of the game and if casual observers of the game or any other sport, if they start to feel as though the games are not being fairly officiated, you and I both know the word that's going to be thrown around. And I've already, and I'm sure you've already heard people, various leagues, various sports, various games, especially when there's money riding on those games, you have already people heard people talking about, oh, this has to be rigged. This is all rigged on behalf of the gamblers. This is all about the money. And that, I don't think that that perception is true. I want to be very careful to say that. I, I think the problem is if that starts to become a theme, and, and unfortunately, this year, in terms of the officiating, not just in Bills games, but throughout the National Football League, when you have a crisis in confidence of the officiating of any given game, and you do, let's face it, have a lot of money that is invested each and every game day, no matter what sport it happens to be, you have to have the confidence of your fan base that everything is on the up and up. And when you go back and you look at the 1919 World Series, the one that was fixed by Arnold Rothstein and his buddies out of New York City and the early days of the uh, Chicago outfit, that set Major League Baseball back 
a, by a lot. And you have to have confidence in the officiating. And, again, I, I am not, I, just to be very clear about this, I'm not saying that there's anything hinky that is going on, okay? I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that perception is very, very important. And if you have enough people who start to believe, wait a minute, uh, that shouldn't have been called, or that should have been called. How come that was called, but this wasn't called down the road? Maybe not this year, maybe not this decade, but down the road, that can be very deleterious to the integrity of the sport. So they've, I don't know what you do. I don't know how you fix the problem. If there is a problem, as long as you have human beings involved in the sporting equation. And does anybody really want to see robots or artificial intelligence officiating um, hockey games or football games, baseball games, basketball games? Do you really want to see the human factor taken more out of our everyday lives than it already is? And then I got to thinking, I was doing a lot of thinking clearly today and yesterday, but I got to thinking about the idea of, and we, we have talked about this previously, okay? We, we certainly have talked about this previously, but I, I think today might be a good day to bring it back as a topic for a little bit of the show uh, to talk to people who actually go out there and you dress up like a zebra and you actually become a an official in Little League Baseball or uh, football or hockey. And, you know, we used to have a guy who worked here at the radio station who loved the game of baseball. And he, he'd be paid 20 or $25 to go out and umpire, officiate a game of baseball. And eventually, and, and we're, we're talking about 25, 30 years ago, Eventually, the anger of the parents and the anger of the players reached a crescendo, at which point he was no longer willing to deal with it. Like, I should not have to be calling the police to get an escort to the vehicle when my game is over because I'm worried that the parents of eight- and nine-year-olds who all believe their kid is going to be the next Wayne Gretzky or the next Steve Howe or whomever, uh, they're going to come after me. And I, I think there's a discussion to be had um, uh, along those lines. And again, it's not, you know what, and I, I have to emphasize this, not just for the, the legal reasons of it, but also uh, for the, uh, the, the pure um, uh, entertainment uh, side of professional sports. And let's face it, that sports, professional and college, they are entertainment. But if you start, a snowballing uh, feeling among your core group of fans that the referees are having too big uh, an influence on the outcome of a game, and you see inconsistencies week after week, that is going to raise a lot of doubts, and it's going to cast aspersions on the, uh, shall we say, sportsmanship involved 
in the in the sport. Now, how, how do you fix it? I don't know the answer because I don't know that robots or artificial intelligence are a good idea. We already have so many robots and so much artificial intelligence and so much of this and so much of that taking place out there in the world that uh, you know, human beings, what, are we suddenly becoming, as human beings, dispensable commodities and we're all just going to be replaced by AI? I mean, I'll tell you one thing, AI would be a lot smarter than I because AI on any given day is going to outthink me and anybody else on the radio by a million fold. Uh, so stand by. I want to get into that a little bit on uh, WBEN. But again, uh, it, it, it's a question of perception. It's not so much a question of reality, if, if you understand where I'm going with that. Not a question of, uh, of, of reality, but a question of perception of reality. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Oh, Tanner Saunders, great choice. Wonderful choice. Yes, the Beatles and I am the walrus. Uh, do you remember where you were when you first heard that song? Do you do you remember the goofy video for it? Yeah, I, I was afraid so. But that's one of those songs where you have to remember where you were the first time you heard it because it was just so mind-blowing for its time and so amazingly well done. A little group called The Beatles. You might have heard of them over the years, I'm sure, once or twice. Uh, so, you know, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna start off with this, but let me start off with it because I've spent already enough time talking about it. Uh, but before we totally get into it, I want to go to Tanner Saunders. Uh, Tanner Saunders, young man of tender years, but a very vigorous and grown-up intellect. Uh, Tanner, is there any doubt in your mind whatsoever that with respect to the play that Patrick Mahomes went absolutely ballistic over, that their dude was in the neutral zone and that was a legitimate penalty? 
No, there's no doubt in my mind. Kadarius Tony was 110% offsides, and that also kind of bothered me that uh, Mahomes' reaction after the game. I mean, could you imagine after 13 seconds if Allen went up to Mahomes and the first thing he said was, boy, the overtime rules really suck. Like, come on, I know you're frustrated, and this is probably the most frustrating season of Mahomes' career, but come on, man. Well, but uh, obviously it's a very, very uh, competitive situation, and uh, to Patrick Mahomes' credit, um, I think I forget the timeline right on this. Uh, after the Bills lost in 13 seconds, Mahomes scoured the field looking for Josh Allen to offer him uh, consolation uh, for a game well played. That was that game, right? Yes. So I can't I can't get on Patrick Mahomes too much. And uh, to tell you the truth, and this will not win me a lot of fans, I really like the way Patrick Mahomes play. I'm sorry. I really like the way he plays. But I do believe that he was out of line uh, yesterday by so vigorously and vehemently um, on field, basically flipping his uh, flipping his hamburgers. How's that? Over the call that was the right call to be made. But on the other hand, Tanner, on the other hand, if let's just say the yellow flag had not been thrown and the Bills had lost in that fashion, would there be any doubt that that was the way the Bills lose football games? It, it, it couldn't have just been something ordinary. It would have to have been an extraordinary uh, play that few people have seen before in the history of all of sport. That is correct. That is how the Bills lose. They can't just <laughs> lose in regular fashion. It's always got to be some Hindenburg-level disaster. <laughs> Hindenburg-level. You know, most of the people on the Hindenburg actually survived, as I recall these statistics. Isn't that amazing? Believe, yeah, I believe most of them actually lived through that fiery inferno in Lakehurst, New Jersey, back in, was it 1937? And when you go there today at the old Zeppelin, and I'm not talking Led Zeppelin, but uh, the old Zeppelin uh, landing area, they actually have the outline of uh, the wreckage pattern of the Hindenburg when it went down. Uh, which uh, I, I have not seen it live yet, but I've seen pictures of it. And uh, it's one of those places of hidden Americana that I'd really like to see, but probably will never get around to seeing it. In fact, given a choice between seeing that and going back to see Plymouth Rock, which is if you've been to Plymouth Rock, you know of what I speak you know that Plymouth Rock is probably one of the most oversold, ridiculous, tourist, nonsense things in the entire universe. Yes, I think, and I think I'm being too kind to Plymouth Rock, but now the Hindenburg crash site, that to me would be interesting. But uh, Tanner, while you're, while you're here, and uh, as we start getting people to call in one way or the other at 803-0930. That's 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. One of the things that is a concern to me, and look, 
as people who listen to this program understand, I am not an X's and O's guy. I have never pretended to be because I can't lie to people because you'd see right through the lie. You'd know it immediately. So I will say, look, I'm a casual fan. Every year, every game, I learn a little bit more about the game, but uh, I'm pretty sure that that's not a Waffle House menu that Andy Reid is holding in his hands uh, every time I see the Kansas City Chiefs play. Then again, it could be a Waffle House menu. I've I've yet to figure that out one way or the other. But the, the point I'd like to address, Tanner, because I suspect that you're more than a casual fan of the National Football League, if I know you as a young, testosterone filled man, it's pretty sad when every single play, especially, I've noticed it this year, I think a lot of people have noticed it this year, every single play, what is the first thing for which you look when the play ends? Uh, The officials. (laughs) The yellow flag. Yep. The the yellow flag. And that, uh, I'll tell you something, that is really sad. And I, do I have the statistics in front of me? No, I do not. But it seems that now more than ever, and maybe it is because of all of the technology that is out there, uh, better communications, whatever the case may be, but the, the fact that when your guys, and of course around here that would be the Buffalo Bills, when your guys make a great play, but you can't even celebrate until you scour up and down the field to figure out if a flag was thrown. That is a little bit frustrating. And I think down the road, Tanner, that is going to hurt, in, in this particular case, the National Football League. But it could conceivably affect any sport out there. Agree? Disagree? Yeah, I agree. Um Maybe it's just us as Bills fans. We're a little used to that than uh, more franchises because we're the fourth most penalized team in the league this year. But And obviously, if there's something egregious, obviously you want it called, whether it's for or against your team. But at some point, it just gets so nauseating. Like, it just let them play. Um, yeah, yeah. And I... I just think that it's uh, it's very, and especially, and, and maybe we'll have people calling in about this, especially with younger people or people who might not be or might not have grown up in a football fan environment. How do you get people interested in a game and maintain their interest in a game when after every single play that you think was a great play, well, there's a flag on the field. Oh, there's another flag on the field. Oh, look, now we've got six flags on the field. It's almost like an amusement park, six flags on the field. Um, but I, if, I'm, if I'm the NFL, um, I, I, I got to pay attention to my core market, and I, I got to figure out in what direction I want the league to go. Now, the rules have to be enforced, but they have to be enforced vigorously up and down uh, the roster of the National Football League teams. And you shouldn't have anybody legitimately being able to say, oh, so-and-so, they get all the calls. So-and-so always gets screwed 
by all the calls. You cannot have a situation like that, in my opinion, and have a healthy continuation of a sport. In other words, you've got to have, I think, amongst the fans, you have to have a sense that the referees are doing their best job. They're applying the rules uh, in a fashion that the rules were designed to protect the players and to protect the integrity of the game. You, you can't have any question mark about the officiating on a regular basis. You can't do it. It's going to hurt the game. That's right, but that's what we see, seems like, week in and week out. I mean, we'll, you'll see a, a game where one play is you know ruled an incomplete pass, and then in the next game right. it's ruled a fumble. So there needs to be <laughs> yeah. a some consistency yeah. there that we're that we're not seeing and i don't know what the the solution is because i mean people say oh well penalty should be reviewable well they tried that a couple seasons ago with pass interference and now it's no longer reviewable again so it's like what is the solution um well and that's you know what and, and i think that you tanner you have actually you I, I spun a web for you like one of those uh spiders in the fall that's sets up shop in the side of your home uh, and and you stepped into my web and you brilliantly have helped me set up one of the questions to which I want to go on WBEN and that is this you as a sports fan okay would you prefer if technology played a greater role in officiating games than human beings would it be better if technology was able to take over a lot of the penalizing functions from the officials on the field? Now, keep in mind, if it's a machine, it's going to slow the game down considerably because there, because everything, unless you get really, really fast computers, everything is going to be slowed to a snail's pace. And you might actually see the average National Football League game time increase to like four, four and a half hours if it's all done via electronics or a lot of it is done via uh, artificial intelligence, something like that. You know, we all want... The, nobody wants to see the officials cost their team a game, right? But on the other hand, the sport in general, it, isn't that going to be hurt if you just slow it down and slow it down? It just it, it, it slows. I mean, football can be slow enough already with all the whistles, especially the last the last five minutes of any football game seem to take about 20 minutes of real life to play. Yes, and I don't know if that's the answer the NFL would want is to slow things down because uh, society's collective um, attention span is about that of a goldfish these days. So that's the last thing they want is to lengthen the games. Yeah, I'm picking up my goldfish again. That's no. just not right. No, I'm people, picking on people, us, not the goldfish. People, people for the ethical treatment of goldfish, I think, needs to be needs to be a new organization spearheaded, no pun intended, by uh, by Tanner Saunders. Okay, so when it comes to uh, sports, uh, and I gotta be, I gotta be very careful how I phrase this. Okay, but let me ask you: no matter what league, 
no matter what sport it is that we might discuss on any given Monday or any given Friday or whatever day of the week it happens to be, do you have faith? Because you got to have faith, faith, faith. you got to have... Sorry, I don't do a very good George Michael in these conditions. But do you have faith in officiating in professional sports? And I literally... And I'm not isolating on any one particular sport over any other particular sport or one league over any other league. But I will tell you that I have heard when I've been out and about watching certain teams play certain sports on certain days, I I have heard people saying, this is so fixed and they're fixing it for the benefit of the gamblers in Las Vegas. It's all about the Benjamins. It's all about the money. Now, that is a very cynical attitude to have. Do I believe it? Um, I would need to see I need to see evidence of it. And that would be it'd be a very very difficult case to prove short of having a short of having a room that is hooked up with eavesdropping equipment and you can hear the voices of the people saying okay 20,000 if it goes this way 50,000 if it goes that way it'd be very very difficult to uh, to make a case stick but you as you as you watch these games do you have confidence and again we could be talking about any sport whatsoever. Doesn't have to be football. It can be baseball. It can be women's softball. Whatever it happens to be, do you believe that the um, integrity of officiating is there and should not be left up to machines to cover the inadequacies and shortcomings of human beings? 803-0930, be the phone number, 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And there's something else I really want to get into, and I will tell you that I have done this topic within the past few months, but it seems now as though I really need to do it again. And the topic there is... Um, those of you who are in your late teens, early 20s, those of you who are young men looking for a little extra side hustle money that you can make, um, officiating sporting events, if, if our kids cannot play in an organized league because nobody wants to run the risk of being assaulted or pushed around, punched in the mouth uh, if they are perceived as having made a bad call. Well, how much further ahead are we as a society? I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of curious um, you, you, because you, you've got to have people. It's, it's, it's not as though people uh, are planted like pumpkin seeds and sprout from the ground, and in October they come out as officials for football, officials for hockey, baseball, whatever the sport may be. Like anything else, you start small, you train, you work your way up, and hopefully you make it to the bigs. And in the case of football, it doesn't get any bigger than the National Football League. But 
if if nobody wants to take the starting entry-level jobs and actually become a professional official, that is really going to put our competitive kids in very difficult straits because you need to have a grown-up, right, to keep control, to keep order over a situation. But who wants to go out there and and run the risk of having teeth knocked out uh, by some angry, drunken parent because they think you've made a bad call? If you have umpired or refereed uh, youth sports, and you saw, hey, you saw the situation we talked about last week here on WBEN, and you can watch the video at uh, WBEN.com, I believe, uh, where they, well, you, you, you know what happened. David talked about it at great length. Emotions go out of control, and we're talking about high school situations, and I saw a video online this morning. I mentioned I did wake up at like 8.17, thinking it was 8.17 in the evening, and realizing, hey, I've got some extra time here. Let me watch a video of children fighting. But one of the videos that popped up on my screen was this child's hockey game. It was young boys, I'd say probably eh, six or seven years old, and they were as enthusiastically pummeling other young boys uh, as though they were adults getting paid $12 million to put their lives on the line for their sacred team. And it was kind of freaky to see these little kids involved in that kind of behavior because when we were playing house hockey in the town of Tonawanda, the house league, if you got into a fight, it was an automatic one-game suspension. Uh, It didn't matter who started the fight. If you were involved in the fight, you were gone for the next game. And if you were third man in, you were gone for three games. No appeal, nothing. And apparently, it's just it's getting out of control. I'd love to hear stories. Uh, those of you who have officiated, yeah, I did this topic about four, maybe yeah, about four months ago or so. But I think it's worth, I definitely think it's worth bringing back because there is so much conversation right now about big league officials and uh, how do we make the officiating better? And are, are they, you know, when you start to know the names of the officials and you dread hearing certain names when it's your team, for example, those of you who are old enough will remember there was an NFL official by the name of Wally Harris. And the perception was and any ex-saber listening to this show right now is probably laughing a little bit, but Wally Harris was so despised by the Buffalo Sabres hockey fans that whenever Wally Harris would be on the ice and blow a call, uh, the chance of Harris is a bum, Harris is a bum, reverberated through that auditorium from the golds all the way up into the oranges and the standing room only. Now, this was a professional guy. He was getting paid for it. A pittance at the time, I'm quite sure. But why would anybody want to do that in the real world, um, basically for gas money, <laughs> if that? Uh, I would like your thoughts on this, because if we don't have people who are willing to officiate youth sports, youth sports are going to die. And if people can't get their act together as grown-ups with youth sports, they're going to kill the very thing they purport to love. I mean, what's the ugliest thing, without naming names, the ugliest thing you've ever seen at a kid's sporting event? 
and, and this video I saw this morning of these little boys pummeling other little boys, um, it, it was disturbing to me. Not going to lie. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. I think that this show can be informative and uh, sadly entertaining on WBEN. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.